Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Let's get right into uh, another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Gentlemen, how are you? Um, better today than we were yesterday. Doing pretty well. A little frustrated after the news I just got in regards to the SWAC basketball tournament on the women's side. Bit of tough news for SWAC fans out there, HBCU fans, particular fans of Texas Southern University. As well as Southern University, um, people may have heard by now there was an incident during the women's game where the ladies got into it, and accordingly, um, they were suspended, they were handed out from the SWAC, and what was just released literally minutes ago, in terms of when we are started our podcast for this evening, uh, released the fact that eight ladies from Texas Southern University and seven ladies from Southern University will be suspended. Some will get multi-game suspensions uh, from the SWAC. I think it's one apiece actually from Southern, which is Kiana Parrish from Southern and Kiana Vine from Texas Southern will serve uh, additional game suspensions outside of the um, 15 that I just named. Oh, you didn't name them? Uh, you didn't name them? Oh, no, no. You just said 15. Well, I'm not going to name them. There's so many there. You're not going to name the culprits? On this podcast, we name names on these podcasts, Doc. When it's, when it's, Especially now that it's out in public. Yeah. This is not off-the-record information here. Not uh, anymore. Texas Southern is Tony Cheeto, Dana Jones, Miracle Davis, Dominicia Sophus, uh, Morgan Simmons, Ashley Ferguson, Alexis Johnson, and Kiana Vines. Uh, Vines, as I said, uh, had uh, two-game suspension. And then you have Saquandria Littman, Jadia Brundridge, Jasmine Nelson, Jasmine Jefferson, Keona Parrish, who gets the double suspension, Keandra Coleman, and Courtney Purnell, I believe. Um, There, in terms of those, they will get the suspension. And Texas Southern University Athletic Director under the leadership of uh, Dr. John Renley and Dr. Charles McCullen has decided to remove Texas Southern University from participating uh, in the tournament, essentially, they wouldn't have enough people to really fill the full squad. And since there were some multi-game suspensions, plus they believe that they will uh, put in their own suspension, that they won't have a team. It'll be interesting to see a Southern follow suit. Before the suspension, they had already suspended one player uh, and then a second one indefinitely. That, that, that player that they suspended for the program, let's see, uh, Kenya Parrish was dismissed from the program, and then Kennedy Robinson for the remainder of the season for the brawl, for that role in the brawl. Yeah, and uh, Robinson's name is not on the one of the ones that were suspended. Interesting, yeah. Interesting from mm-hmm. that. Um, so with that being said, they only have 11 people on their roster. I'm not sure if they'll be able to uh, have a team as well. They had 14 if you go to the website, but actually in terms of the game notes, uh, teams on the roster, they listed 11. And so if you uh, pull it out there, it wouldn't be surprised me if they provide a uh, statement similar to what you heard from Texas Southern because of the suspensions that they will not be able to um, have a team in the tournament. From their framework, even if they won the tournament on paper, they wouldn't be able to go to the NCAA because of the APR. With the suspension, it looks like they won't be able to 
participate in the WNIT as well um, as by rule first and second team in the regular season that do not win the tournament uh, get a bid for the WNIT. But I would surmise since they're not going to participate in their own tournament that postseason players out as well for WNIT in regards to obviously the NCAA is out with that many, which means you'll have a field of eight right now, possibly seven teams. See how it would be interesting to and, reseed the but team. But, yeah, seven if Southern is not in it. Right. Because the, the eight right now, Includes second Southern. team is, is Arkansas, Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff. Ahead of the tournament was already out because of the APR set, set what, down from the because, NCAA. Well, no, they, they had sanctions from all kinds of stuff. Southern is just APR. No, they actually, part of their sanctions we're, we're that right. they got were – APR sanction. Southern's APR sanction is in regards to bad data, and Southern's whole entire athletic department is on this, it seems like, indefinite um, APR um, postseason ban because they're not sending in eligible data that they can review. What happened was Pine Bluff sanction uh, was a review of APR data, and when they rule in terms of practice time, one of the things that the AF the NCA group that is over APR, they added on a sanction. Usually that will allow you to make their own decision on whether you play in your postseason. And they were saying because teams were not taking it serious, they decided to impose an additional penny, which included saying that Arkansas Pimbler could not participate in postseason. I'm suggesting that when Southern goes for this review, if they're able to get off of this Indefinite seems like double life-threatening uh, suspension by the NCA for APR. That they're likely to get that same type of postseason ban, not only from NCA but also from participating in conference uh, championships. So it's slightly different. It sounds confusing, but essentially it's just a play on the rules. And so APR at, at this time, Southern can participate in SWAT tournaments while until. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff serves a suspension they cannot. But more to go on that. Better news uh, from the HBCU platform is the fact that um, the SIEC tournament was played this week in Birmingham. I was down there. It snowed. The conference. Yeah, you got a little bit of everything. Yeah, so I got a full blast on all kinds of things. It literally was sleeting as we were going to the airport on the windshields as they were closing down the city, including the schools. So we had a chance to speak to the Miles um, school students that were there, which at this point, because everybody was told to go home, you had the women's basketball team, excuse me, the women's uh, softball team and uh, men's basketball team. So we did a little um, impromptu with two other gentlemen that uh, moved down there. So it was really interesting in terms of doing that. But uh, on the court, Benedict won it for the men. And Albany State won it for the women. Both of them were upset. Um, both end up getting bids to the NCAA tournament, pretty much automatic bids in terms of that going on. And then in regards to the Red River Athletic Conference, Langston, Cheryl Miller won a championship. She got it done in the tournament, just like her teammate did last year, Cheryl Swoops, as she, I mean, in terms of Cynthia Cooper. Uh, getting it done as she went to USC, back to USC, and she had previously done the Prairie View, Texas Southern as well. It's interesting from the standpoint that uh, they, they, they tough. They get it done. Uh, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, 
Talladega, number one in the nation. According to the NAIA Top 25 Coaches Poll, they won the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference on the men's side. Second year, so back-to-back championships for them. Suno won it for the women's side. That's two in three years. Give you an update there on some mid-major teams. And obviously last week I told you that the CIAA finished their tournament. And we know by now Virginia State has won it for the women over there while Livingstone got it done for the men in terms of that. So Livingston got a bid, automatic bid essentially for the NCAA Division II on the men. Told you back, Benny didn't get a, uh, a tournament bid. Those are the only two teams that got in for the men. I was a little surprised. Payne and Bowie State had outstanding records. They got left out, so they're at home now, not playing in the NCAA tournament. On the women's side, you had a couple more teams get in. You had University uh the District of Columbia, the Firebirds for the women. They got the highest ranking. They were three seed. They got in for the tournament. Uh, as they'll play uh, this week, I believe, Friday or Saturday, the tournament gets underway. underway. Told you about Albany State. Obviously, they got in. Uh, told you about Virginia State for the women. They got in the NCAA Division Tournament. But you also got two other bids by the SIAC getting in as Kentucky State. Thoroughbreds played some very good basketball. They got in as well as Benedict on the women's side. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And we'll keep you updated in terms of HBCU athletics as the big dogs start the tournament this week. As we consider the big dogs, the major division, which are Division One programs that are playing at the HBC level. In fact, the MEAC kicked off their tournament today with some uh, women action. Uh, essentially, Bethune-Cookman defeated FAMU. Uh, Howard had an upset in the tournament, so they move on over South Carolina State to kind of get you started, and you'll get a couple of men's actions tonight in terms of the MEAC, in terms of the first round, very low seedings as SWAT tournament jumps off tomorrow. We'll see if that changes based on some of the news that we broke to you early in this podcast. Uh, we'll tweet that out to you in terms of particular, uh, Chris is very good Twitter action. So we'll make sure you get that information if you follow us. And then obviously you can follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Make sure you get that information uh, in terms of the latest and greatest going on, not only locally, regionally, nationally, in many cases, internationally as well. And since Doc was so wise to mention us, our Twitter accounts, I am KG at T-H-E-H-R Review. Once again, that's T-H-E-H-R Review. And the gentleman who's being kind of quiet so far, I guess he's deep in thought, the Wildcat, his Twitter account is what, sir? J.L. Woodley 1. You can find me at, uh, and also at my Facebook is Jerry L. Woodley Jr. And of the three of us, he was at the HNPE Arena Saturday, right after the altercation took place. I uh, saw it on Twitter. I was here, but I refused to say I was. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, two of the three was here. There you go. Uh huh. I, on the other hand, was at Mid and May Park watching my, my alumni lose to uh Uh-oh. Texas A&M six to nothing in baseball. Yes, hey. I was at a baseball game. Go did, it, did it look as bad yeah, as sure the score did. you said? Mm-hmm. Sure did. Was it consistent? Like and in the end, or was it like grouping? They can't. They they can't hit. They struck out at least nine times. Oh wow! I, I left in the seventh inning. Um, when Aggies went up two nothing, games over. Two yeah, on home runs. Two run homer, I think, in the fourth inning, I believe. Fourth how, did, uh, how was the attendance? I know it's a tough time of year, but a lot of Aggies, of course. Okay, Aggies showed up. It's a big stadium in the made, so it looked kind of empty. 
Yeah, no, no matter what. But uh, who are the other teams participating in the USA? Hawaii, uh, Baylor. Let's see who else. UH, Hawaii, A&M, Baylor. Rice wasn't in it. No. No. Um, Texas Tech. Okay. You know, but yeah, it, it was some. The Cougars South was they, they didn't go winless. <laughs> was it by uh they had to come from behind win on Sunday, beat a white eight to six. But uh, they, they have a problem. They they can't hit. They they're injured now. Their ace reliever is out for the year with with the oh. two and a half Tommy John surgery. Oh. Um, they're young and all over the place. So it's, well, the, the, that, that would um, explain some things then. The the kudos the accolades preseason accolades I think were a little bit misplaced. Too much, yeah. You know they're much younger than I thought. I mean there's a lot of freshmen playing in the game I saw Saturday and even a little bit of cut game on Sunday on TV a little bit. I of wonder that. how much of that has changed. Maybe as the coach seen the direction that was taking place, he said, "Well, if I'm gonna lose, I might as well." Not that he's gonna go in the game with that mindset, but if he lose that that he can get some young talent in there getting some scratches on the innings and things of that nature, you might as well let him uh, get some time for some play and some action. Could be. I have to rely on the Wildcat to go over to uh, speak to interview Coach Whitting when he has time I would get to do that. that. Done. He'll get that done. You know, get, that. And, I, and folks, you count on you for that. Oh, yeah, but one thing is for sure. Not at conference play, basketball will be finishing up this week and then the tournament will get started. I will have more time to devote to baseball and softball. Thank you. And I will be doing very well at getting out and around and about. We have quite a few programs here in the area that compete. Uh, HBU, Texas Southern, U of H, Rice. Uh, softball is basically the same way, uh, except for Rice doesn't have a softball team. Uh, so there's uh, HBU, Texas Southern, and U of H. And Everybody, this is going to be an interesting year that's wide open in this, just in our region for teams that are competing and look at baseball side, teams looking to get to Omaha and on the softball side, teams looking to get to Oklahoma City. How long will Sherry Miller stay in Lincoln? You know what? That's a good question. The only reason I say it's a good question because she has, all of us have dealt with her on some level or another. Whether in an interview or in a game, a game confrontation situation, have watched her as a player. Confrontation. Oh, is that the word you're going to use right now after we started the podcast with altercation? Well, with Cheryl, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> all right, then I won't, Doc. You tell me to stay in my lane. I'm gonna stay in my lane on this one. All right, uh, but if you ask me down the road now, I, I may go to. The, I, I may know go what different. You're gonna do. Yeah. Um, so, and also she got the job through, you know, her connection with, uh, with the AD. Yeah. Um, uh, and Mike, Mike Garrett. Mike, Mike Garrett. Garrett and she, he gave her a shot when, when nobody else was. He has paid off. And, and it's paid off. Year one. And so now you, you've got to, are you looking to build and then send off? Are you looking to make a jump? And Cheryl is at this, you know. She, well, I think she want to make a jump because I know she put her name in some division one hats very early. One of them may be quite close. Uh, but because she didn't have experience, nobody wanted to take the chance. But now she got something on the resume. Yeah. And so it, it, it helps. Take it, it helps now. And we all saw what happened to her teammate. Is that? So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of time. Tea leaves, tea leaves. Are you reading it? 
of going back to a little bit more info on some of the teams in the Houston College Classic. Baylor, LSU, A&M, UH, Hawaii, and Nebraska were the six teams participating. They're in spreading out. They used to keep it more of a Texas regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they seem to open it up. Great to see LSU was, was there. LSU had a lot of fans support out there. Oh, yes, and they sure are some beautiful-looking folks. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> i tell you what, though, but don't LSU. get too close to it when they start drinking. Hey, don't start I'm, that. I'm, <laughs> you see what them Oklahoma boys said. So, them frat know. boys. Hey. And once again, I ain't scared. LSU, <laughs> you know. I would tell you, I, I ain't either. We well, got, I, I, we got I sisters at LSU, too, so don't get it twisted now. You know, we got sisters at LSU. You know. Are you saying the sisters don't go to baseball games? Okay, are you, is that what you're implying? That's what I was implying. That's okay, like, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, see. You know. They showing up now. They showing but up. As they one of my up. buddies who listens to vocally, you know, truly to these podcasts knows, they don't call me ladies' man for nothing. That's what I've heard. That's so I'm just saying, you know, and we could have another line and the Wildcat and I discussed, but we don't. We, we won't go there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We won't let we'll that go. Just let that go. But yeah, yeah. it's a nice tease, right? It's a nice. Tease. Yeah, but you know, it was. It was. It was. LSU went undefeated. Yeah, they had number two. I think it was number two heading into the uh, classic. Yeah, they, yeah, they just had. They're, they're legit. They're, um, really, they're legit. A measure that came out that said that the first month of the season they had they lead the nation in terms of attendance. Yeah, yeah. Oh. which doesn't surprise you. Have a proud program, and and, and the, then when you put on top of it that they're winning, uh, it's uh, a great place to go see a baseball game. To be honest with you, um, they, they're very talented. Oh It'll yeah, be interesting to see. To go down to go. the boxes is different. That's a, that's gonna be a great matchup for those. And you know, Aggie, really into baseball. Aggies are good too. Aggies are right, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That LSU and <laughs> Aggie matchup, uh, SEC West Division. Is I, be I, I may are, make a ro- road trip. I think the Aggies are undefeated. I think. Yeah. So they beat LSU this weekend in the hit there? They didn't play. It's, it's 16. Not everybody played each other. That's right. Well, when so. you're in the same conference, the, they don't match you up. They try to find a way to keep Yeah, because when Rice and U of H were in the same when Conference USA together, they would never match them up. Yeah. Um, but they, they're getting back to basketball, conference basketball. Everybody made the tournament. This year, made conference tournament other than um, <laughs> they qualified who, for uh, who? Uh, HBU women. Say, yeah, no, they, HBU men did not make the tournament because no, they, 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 they couldn't because yeah. APR. Yeah, uh, but HBU women made the tournament. Just by the, by the skin of their teeth, it took Saturday. Needed but, a win. But they, they needed to win. They just like it. just like Rice Rice they got, House. They got some help. They, they got some help. You know, just, but you still got to go and get your game taken care. Hey, you get in. <laughs> And you never know. Happen. You never know. You gotta get in. You never it. know. And I'm glad. I'm happy for uh, Crystal Porter. She made our All Conference our second team this year. Uh, she is a uh, proud senior. She has never been, uh, had has never not made a uh, conference uh, tournament uh, since she's been at Rice. And as a uh, as a senior, going graduating to know that the tradition continues, and it's not on your watch that the traditions break. That's a that's a proud moment. That's whatever, proud moment. You what, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> my butt. Hey. Four and fourteen tradition. Hey. My eye. Four I, and I fourteen in look. Conference USA. <laughs> four and fourteen. It don't tradition matter. My, yeah, it matters. It, 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 yeah. it don't matter. We'll see if it doesn't matter when Greg Williams gets fired. Four and fourteen in Conference USA. He gets fired for other other reasons. Well, not, one of them is four and fourteen. <laughs> you know, that won't be just because it, it uh, it'll be for other uh, for other issues. But one of them is four and fourteen and underachieving. So you trying to suggest that one of the issues is not four and fourteen? Well, as a player, you not, you're not thinking about. What other issues as a, could as it a, be? As a as a coach, you're thinking about a lot of things. 
you're thinking about a lot of things. You're thinking about family, uh, coaching your next job, may not have a next job. Uh, any day it could come down, you prepare for it, and then still when it happens, you're not happy. You know, you're looking at the ground and stuff. But kudos to Crystal because I believe she's top 10 in the country rebounding. Yep. 11.8 boards a game. Yep. You know, just didn't have a lot of, a lot of consistent help as the previous three years that yeah. Jessica Custer experienced. So, you know, that's how it's been at Rice the last few years, <laughs> which will lead to possibly Greg Williams being fired for being 4-14, four and 14, you know. I think it'll have more to do. They had made terms. No, I'm talking about they had made the tournament since in his tenure. I, I, oh, definitely. That's part of it as that, well. Because that's been the comment I've gotten more than anything. Well, it's, not, it's not been. You don't make the tournament when you're 4 and 14. No. You don't make the tournament in a 10 year period. That's an issue. That's a bigger issue than you being 4 and 14. I feel like that's a lot of 4 and 14. Well,. No, this is this is the worst that it's been it's since he's been there. That's even worse. You're going in the wrong direction. But I digress. Since you sent out some love to a player of the year, I mean, to player, I want to send mine out to the player of the year. Uh, Demetrius, I mean, Gibbs. Medarius Gibbs. Medarius Gibbs. Gibbs. Proud like, moment. Proud Southern. Moment. Playing over Iron Man, playing several 40-minute games. Some included overtime game. We played over 40 minutes. Not yeah, taking a risk. Because uh, he played. amazing that he was able to get it done. He played the whole time during that game, too, when they went to the overtime. Yeah. On, on the road. He was out for, like, what, seven, eight games? Yeah. Uh, he was really the one that held them up and put them in positions to allow Bigs to make sure that they finished strong to win the conference. Uh, going away in that fashion they did. Big road games as they got it done going on the Alabama trip when Bigs came back. A lot of kudos to him. But Madarius Gibbs, he's taken several of my classes in terms of sports management. So uh, I've seen him really mature. He came in as a freshman. Um, so a lot of credit to him. I'm really glad to see that he was able to get that done. Mike Davis obviously got coach of the year. Sure. Janata, hey, no, they they announced he got coach of the year. That's official. Uh, for the women's side, Janetta Haynes Perry's got coach of the year as well. Come on now. Unfortunately. Janetta Hayes. Perry, Perry. Yeah. because if she listens to the podcast <laughs> and knows that me or Wildcat did not pronounce her name correctly, you. we'd be in deep mess. Yeah, y'all go get it. Uh. And so uh, with that, uh, who else on here? Texas Southern. Uh, Regis um, got a second team announcement. And so it was pretty good in terms of some of the Texas kids getting it done. Okay. And you talk about the fellas. I'm going to talk about the and women. Regis, Regis Anuwuke. From Prairie View. Yeah, was defensive the, player, defensive of player of the year. He should. He should be. He he was like a wiping, you know, Led cleaning the window, block shots. window pane. You know, cleaning up the windows on, on a regular basis, night yeah. in and night out. But he uh, was second team. Doc, he, cared, he took up a lot of space. Yeah, he did a job. Yeah, defensive player of the year, but second team. On the women's <laughs> side. And I, and, oh, and by the way, folks, you can, Doc is laughing, but the three of us sitting in this room, we don't vote. We don't get those ballots. Oh, no, it's, it's SIDs and coaches and selected media members. And we're going to let that go at that. At least I am for right now. But on the women's side, Prairie Views, Jeanette Jackson was named player of the year. 
So kudos there. And coach of the year, Janetta Hayes for TSU. She seemed like the only person to come regular for Prairie View on the women's side. Yeah. And lately, that's that. Yes, that's it. Un- but unfortunately, uh, I think two weeks ago, Alexis Parker was named Player of the Week for PV. Mm-hmm. They're the only two players scoring for Prairie View last five, six games. That's right. And, I mean, the last three games, they've lost. They've, they've scored like 40, 48, 50, giving up 70, right. 75. I mean, Ooh. they're just getting blasted the last few games. What, okay, what happened in the, in the game Thursday? They barely got 40 points in that game. Um, that's that's the problem. The rest of the team is you know scored. Up up until that point, they was kind of like okay, you, you know you 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 struggle, but you, you you get there, and then you all of a sudden the bottom falls out, wheels come off. I haven't talked to coach Coach Brown to know what's going on lately. I know they were without Larissa Scott, who's out for the. I think she's got to be out with an injury. Hasn't been announced, but I'm pretty sure it's an injury. She didn't play in, in the PVTSU game. They missed her senior leadership. But the rest of the team is struggling to shoot. I mean, in the last game of this regular season against Alcorn State Saturday, they scored 48 points. Jeanette Jackson scored 18. Alexis Parker scored 15. That means the rest of the team scored 15 points. Wow. And they shot, as a team, I think 37%. So they're struggling to put the ball in the hole, and they're struggling to keep teams from putting the ball in the hole. But the rest of the uh, SWAC honors, Player of the Year, Jeanette Jackson. Defensive Player of the Year, Jasmine Peoples from Alabama State. Newcomer of the Year, Noriana, Noriana Haynes, Haynes from Alcorn. Freshman of the Year, Brianna Green. And Coach of the Year, Janetta Hayes Perry. And it's uh, kind of bitter irony. One of the first team members of the SWAC first team was Alexis Johnson from TSU, who was one of the main culprits in Saturday's brawl. And then also Brianna Sidney, Garf, TSU, made second team. So TSU had a great regular season Un- up until Unfortunately, Saturday. based on all the suspensions, I'm not sure if you can say there was anyone that was involved in the fight. Yeah, well, 15 players got suspended. So it's, it's, it's sad and, and it's just, you know, everybody's disappointed. Everybody's embarrassed. It's associated with both programs. You know, Wildcat and I have known. And what's so difficult is we've had a chance to, in a lot of ways, interact with these ladies. Sure. And from every other indication we have that these are good young people that obviously made a huge mistake, a huge egregious And I'm going to be honest error. with you. And that's not the framework. I that never we've thought seen I would see. Yeah, we just seen them in that. In a, and, uh, especially the girls you know, here at I just never thought I'd see, see them in that, in that, in that yeah. realm, yeah. you know, in, so a, in that type really of situation. Really, really unfortunate. So I would like to Women put that fight. out there. Oh, yeah, now. You and no, I have been sitting on the sideline. Don't think it's some, you know. No, actually, no, 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 I mean, I'm I can say to that. Listeners, I'm no, talking no, to no, listeners. No, don't get yeah. interested. I listen to yeah, women. I'm, don't fight. Oh, no. They'll get after it. Lately, yeah. the last few weeks in college basketball, there's been, been more yeah. fights in women's games than have been the fellas. That's right. So, and that's not something I'm proud of or proud to say, but that's just a fact. These ladies are, I don't know, they got pent up frustration or whatever. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. Saturday was the was just there's video now you can go on the internet and, and see it do you see that it's, you know I, I remember you said earlier though uh in the all season about some of the rules changing in terms of how they call in the game on the women's side do you think any of that in terms of them allowing to be such aggressive no 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 because because the rules were set up and it was discussed at media day uh at the american about a change of not allowing 
aggra- real aggressive play, getting away from that. And from because that's a, a schedule of uh, a review coming up this summer, and I was on some things, and I and because it had because of this past weekend, I think it'll actually it, it'll it'll linger, it'll be fresh on everybody's mind because once the, uh, it, it starts to get discussed. And they talk about the Texas Southern and Southern game. It will be, it will boil down to some, uh, to, um, how do you correct that, you know, in the moment? But how do you not allow it to get to that situation? And from what I'm hearing, just in passing and in short conversations, there were several situations that happened earlier in the first half that could have eliminated that real quickly. And it, it, as in a uh, person that wears the stripes, you can see things coming, especially on in girls' women's basketball, a lot quicker than you can in it with the fella, because women's women don't square off. When there's a situation, uh, an issue comes up, they gonna resolve it right then and there. That's just who they are mentally. Fellas, we gonna square off. We may yak yak. Maybe a whole half or a whole game and wait till the game is over with and then the shake line, a shake, handshake line, then resolve. But women gonna resolve their issues right there in the middle of the game. Yeah, we saw. And, and that was a problem apparently because it happened yeah. so quickly that coaches, assistant coaches couldn't hold players back from going right. on the floor, you know, couldn't hold players back from going to retaliating further because the brawl lasted about two minutes. We had players want to get into the locker room, all kinds. It just really got out of hand. Yeah. And uh, on a happy note, <laughs> that Doc, is a happy note. Doc, changing, shifting gears. I am happy to say that a minor miracle occurred earlier Monday evening, involving two teams in the American Athletic Conference. One of them being Connecticut. Connecticut. Only defeated an opponent by 14 points. And your point being what? Final score was 84 to 70 in the championship game of the America, UConn over USF. Doc. Thank you for bringing that up. Let me say that. Because the day before it was 50 plus. It's 106 56, yes, over East East Carolina. But thank you. Somebody. USF, Coach Fernandez and his squad, Courtney Williams and her teammates for playing, competing. Oh. Let me go back and see here. Well, that was a conference game. But, yes, this is the first time this season, because in the previous two matchups of UConn and USF, let's see, they played on March 2nd. The final score was 88-65. And then at UConn in January, 92-50. So 42-23-14. Perhaps, gentlemen, perhaps, perhaps the gap is shrinking from, for USF, between USF and UConn, perhaps next year they can get an under 10, and then two years from now, maybe they'll beat them. Perhaps. Thoughts? Am I, am I, oh, no. I lost my no, mind? No, no, you hadn't lost your mind, but in part two of the, I need of a the, little uh, more. Of the, uh, yeah, I'm getting there, um, of the ESPN uh, uh, deal on uh, uh, DiQ, on UConn, Coach Ariyama mentioned to 
his players that we are not defending champions. Defending means you're on defense all the time. We are on off, we are aggressively seeking another trophy. We will pressure and get after everybody. We are not defending. That's not who we are. That's not how we operate. That's not our mentality. When he said that, I thought about, I started looking at the schedule, at the games and all, because it was about two, two or three weeks ago when I first saw it. And I'm going to tell you, since that point, when coach sat down the two starters and said, you watch from then on, it's been no drop off. None whatsoever. And I'm going to say this. I think the only reason that game was close yesterday was because. Me today. Well, today, rather. Back to back, back game. And, and, and I'm going to go with that. All right, that's that's only, possible. I'm, but, that's, the only, that's the only reason I'm going with that. But, Other than that, but, I can't give them, but, I, I can't give that much credit to. I am Mr. Gloom and Doom, usually. I am the <laughs> ultimate pessimist. Anyone who knows me long enough knows I am. I am Chris Downer. I am Donald Downer when it comes to life. USF outscored Huskies 47-38 in the second half today. Okay. They shot, I have to get the, the official stats, but they had to shoot probably close to 50% in the second half. They only turned the ball over seven times in the game versus UConn. That's unheard of for a UConn opponent. They went to the line 16, 16 free throws. Keep in mind now, UConn had went two games where they didn't send an opponent to a free throw line. Two games this year in conference. One interesting fact. In this game, UConn had three players play 40 minutes. USF had three players play 40 minutes and a fourth played 39 minutes for USF. So they didn't go, neither coach went to the bench a, a hell of a lot. Coach Hernandez, USF, bench minutes were 12. One player played nine, one player played three. That was it. Mm. Gino went a little bit deeper, had four players come off the bench. They played a total of 39 minutes. But what I saw second half, I saw Salithia Stringfield for USF go at Kalina Mosqueda Lewis, blow past her repeatedly, because if you've seen Mosqueda Lewis, she doesn't look like she's in shape. She's, right. she's, but she's, she is naturally because if she weren't, she wouldn't be playing for UConn. Gina would sit her down. Right. But she's not quick. She's probably the weakest link of UConn starting five when it comes to individual defense. So if you have the personnel to make her work on defense, you got to exploit that. Kudos to Stringfield in the second half. She, and that's she did. She led the uh, USF in scoring, scored 20 points in the game. So you saw some Weaknesses that UConn had. This team is not as good as some of their previous championship teams, and even close. But, but the thing is, especially when it comes to the rest of the teams in the American, you know, teams in the American but USF who can exploit those inadequacies that UConn has. This team has. But kudos to USF for giving me hope for the future of conference basketball in the American. We Thank all you. need hope. We all need I keep hope alive. Now, uh, and finishing out. Doesn't mean that UConn won't cut down the nets a tenth time come <laughs> Tampa this year in April. You know, that's true. Clip, that, clip. That's true. That's true. Clip, clip. Uh, 
And I'll be there. Give me some more kudos to the local talent that are playing in other conferences. Uh, in Conference USA, uh, it was Lulu McKinney, freshman from Houston, Texas of UTEP, made all-freshman team. And senior Seth Gerhardt of Rice made second team all-conference. Um, you got to get the Rice in there. Yeah. Hey, they, they listening. <laughs> they, they listen. But they that, listen. That's deserved. Seth Gerhardt had a hell of a senior season. Yeah. So, you know, this is – And he's he's one – he and Max uh, – Max, they've gone through a lot of changes since they've been mm. at Rice. And – Adapting to all to all of it, in, including going to class on a daily basis, <laughs> and we laugh about that. But Chris and I would never forget the day we were at the library, and this young lady said she was taking twenty-one hours a semester at Rice, and I thought I was I went to my knees because I just couldn't see that sure. you know, on no level. That's a lot. You know, in safe places, you That's can you you can take your chances and all and get that done. No. You can't. In most places, they don't even let you sign up for 21 hours. And this is just and a regular student get, now. This is just a regular that's student. What, no, that's what I'm saying. In most universities, the most they allow you to have is 18. Did that's that's now? Traditional, yeah. Now, if you want to go over that, you have to go get additional signatures. And that's when they go look at your academic grades and backgrounds to suggest if you can did, do it. And in some institutions, they'll bar you from it. Unless you're like a graduating senior. So most places, they don't even let you attempt 21 hours to let you know how serious you are. Oh, my doing. goodness. That's even, that's, that's, that's yeah, even most scary. Yeah. Most places. And I only know of one athlete. 21 hours is, is not, is a luxury. And I'm not sure how you call taking 21 hours at any university, particularly right. Okay. To the credit and luxury. <laughs> See that's scary, that because that means somebody had you like you just said somebody had to sign off on that. Yes, that's scary. Yes. That is truly scary. I would suggest that most athletes uh, take between twelve and fifteen hours during their competitive season, uh-huh. and then they'll take a maximum of eighteen uh, during all season, and they'll try to catch up with uh, six to nine uh, during the summer session to make sure that they're keeping with their eligibility. And progression towards degree. So yeah, unless you are a serious student, you'd be surprised at the number of students that can even take eighteen for twenty-one. As you're bringing to your point, yeah, is 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 that's okay. That's a, that, that that's beyond okay. Thank you, Doc. Because now I know going to my knees and hearing that just you did the right thing. <laughs> Because I just can't fathom. Yeah, you need to be doing your hands. Yes, I'm. We not worthy. Yes. My goodness, and I only know of one athlete uh, since I've been coaching, uh, especially summer league ball, uh, to actually take that many, uh, take the maximum amount of hours in season. Mm -hmm. And it was a transfer student, but he transferred from one private school to another. And and never dropped the beat. Young man is doing okay for himself now. I'm glad so. He's I'm doing so. really okay for himself right yeah. now. I had to get a special exemption to take my 21 hours. I was again, I was trying to graduate early. Okay. And if I really knew what I had in my right mind, uh -huh. I wouldn't have signed off for it. Fortunately, I did it with a high GPA and gotcha. was able to move through it. But okay. It was arduous, arduous. Stuff. 
Hammers. That was as an engineering major school. No, that means math and science yeah. all the way. That's scary. Yeah. There you are, folks. Some people are capable and some are. <laughs> and I'm one of those who's not. <laughs> Wildcat. Yes, sir. I cast my ballot for the USBWA. District players. Um, players, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, sir. I had a, I had a, I put a young man on there from Northwestern State. Was he on the ballot? You might, you might, you might know him. I'm gonna ask you a question. Was he, was he on the ballot? All district Zeke Woodley. Yeah, was uh, was on, is, is on my all district team for District Seven. He's averaging about how many points a game is he averaging? Wildcat? Uh, a little over twenty, twenty plus game a, a, a game. Yeah, he's being he's being modest. <laughs> a hell of a lot more. Than, a little bit more than. Yeah. Isn't he ranked in the, like top two in the country, Wildcats? Like yeah, that, that's the way he's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you know Zeke Woodley, Wildcats? I know, I know Zeke. I know of a Zeke Woodley. Yes, sir. Is your sister gonna listen to this podcast? Uh, my, my brother will. Are your brother gonna listen to this podcast? Oh, yeah, my sister. She's not. She won't say a whole lot. She'll listen. You know, she'll listen now. But uh, yeah, my brother will. Who is Zeke Woodley, Wildcats? For those who don't know. He's a nephew from uh, Pelican, Louisiana, at Northwestern right now. Uh, he is, uh, last year he was a freshman of the year at the Southland, and he's continued in his winning ways and his hard work. Um, he's, the one thing that I have loved about watching him play is I love watching him play. He, he makes me want to sit up in the stands and watch him play. That's and that's right. different. That's, that's, right. that's different. And, most people know I can't sit in the stands and watch you play if I know you. You got to make a reason. You got to. There's got to be a reason for me to be be there, you know. And, and Zeke work, does his work every day. You know he gets after it, and he's matter of fact he jumps center for them uh, in most games. But uh, he's learning as he go along. As he goes along, did he learn from you? Uh, no, sir. I stayed out of the way. I stayed. I stayed out of the way. Because you can get too he, close. He's a big young man too, okay? Yeah, he's solidly built. Yes, he could be a linebacker for somebody on the college level. Yeah, they had a really nice season, tied for third in the Southland. They lost a game to Sam Houston that they shouldn't have. Overall, at eighteen, eleven, and thirteen and five um, in conference race. He, um, it was early in the season. He got bumped around a lot and didn't adjust well. Well, they have a run at the tournament. Twenty-two point yeah. four points a game. Yes. Stephen F. Austin, can they get it? Doc, done? Zeke Woodley is shooting 55.6% from the field, Doc. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. I that's to, 40% from I three. I believe I have to get out there to the Southland. So we know you're going to get that from Wildcat because Wildcat <laughs> didn't, didn't have no rain. <laughs> didn't have rain. I, he no. He's saying the paint. He didn't have no rain. No, no. No, I wouldn't have, sh- have gunner. Yeah. I wouldn't have gunner. I was scoring. If I got into a rhythm, then, yeah, you'd be in trouble all day because I'd back you I'd back up. But most of mine was done like 15, 10, 12 points in, 12 feet in. I'll take my chances. But my district coach of the year wasn't Larry Brown for SMU. Brad Underwood from Stephen F. Austin. That guy has gotten a lot of things done wow, at, 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 at Southland. In a short period of time. Yes. He, how he, long can he continue to make it there? Now, he, it won't be long because – 
The Sam Houston situation, I think the guy wants to actually stay there and make that work. As Stephen F. Austin, they've had two coaches to come in back to back and over a shorter period of time got some things done and then moved on. He said he loves it there. Chris. Christopher M. Mars. I'm just saying, that's what he said. He loves it there. I don't Gardner. Know. You've heard that before. Dr. Cunyata Conville. <laughs> We've all sat in the room on hiring day and said, I love my situation where I'm at. I'm happy to be here. We're going to make this work. We're going to get some things done. And they actually come through on the, on the, the first two. And then number three, that doesn't get discussed, but we all know it does. When that next one comes along, they rolling down the road. <laughs> How long does he stay? Wildcat. I'm just saying, Wildcat, you know, he signed a contract. <clears throat> he signed an eight-year deal hey, last year, Wildcat. Hey, eight-year deal. Hey, all I know is God. Double his salary. And? Because it's Stephen F. Austin, but, you know, that's probably like pocket change to somebody at Two fifty, you know, yeah. I always remember UT or somewhere, you know. If and you know, and that's the situation that's 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 a big question mark this offseason, and it's going to depend on how they do in the tournament. I mean, literally, that that is. It used to be discussed kind of like in in a conversation away from the building. Now it's getting discussed inside the building. Now (laughs) that that that's not good. I mean, literally. Around it's, it's, it's starting to be discussed I inside like the building. Now. And, and because it is, because it used to be kind of like, you know, a small, you know, one-on-one, you know, right next to each other while we up in the... In little the, whispers in, here. Yeah, they're there. A little no. louder, open. No, that's being openly discussed now. The, well, it's, it's warranted. The, the Longhorns either have zero or just one win over a top 50 team this year. And when was the last time they got somebody drafted, really drafted? I'm not talking about, you know... Second round, I'm talking about somebody got drafted. Is it Kevin Durant? I rest my case. I can't think of that, you know. Because DJ was down the road. Top of my head, I can't think of anybody, you know, first round since yeah. then. Royal, Roy, you know, them guys was down the road. Well, I mean, all them, you know. Yeah. They were first round, but no, not a major. Not, and, they, and, you know, the women are starting to, starting to figure some things out on yeah, that they're, side. They're moving in that direction. And... You know, matter of fact, they are in the process of playing now mm-hmm. against uh, four championships. Yeah, they lucked out. They got an the opposite side of the bracket. They didn't, <laughs> they have, to, they, didn't have to play Baylor, yeah. you know, early on because she's not in a good mood right now. Kim is not in a good mood right now. You know, they 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 playing hard, but they struggling in games late. You know, guard players starting to, are starting starting to catch up with them late in the season. Man, let them run into UConn. Oh, yeah. They'll be on the other side of the bracket. <laughs> they are they are what you what Chris and I would call line two. Yeah. And fighting the, fighting <laughs> for the runner up. And that's the way I that's the way I phrase it out there. People people sitting at the table don't know what I mean when I say, okay, that's line one, that's line two, line three and line four, and the rest of that they just kinda like take up a spot. Who's your player of the year, Doc? Did you vote? I hope you voted, Doc. I did, but I not good in terms of Memorizing what I, oh, no, I'm not memorizing. I, I had to pull up, pull, pull out my ballot. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't send myself my ballot. So, so yeah, I did. I didn't. But I, I my player of the year is Frank Kaminsky from Wisconsin. So, it wasn't Jalil, Jalil, Jalil Okafor from Duke? It was Frank Kaminsky, Frank the Tank from Wisconsin. That's him. That's okay. Him. That's, that's, that's yeah. Frank the Tank is my uh, 
kid. He's fundamentally sound, works hard, and knows his limitations and makes that work for him. I kind of like that. That should that that should go on a lot more these days. That's they, gonna take him forward. He's much better than people realize. Any seven feet tall, so he, yeah, he's, he's got skill. Very skillful. Very skilled. And he's a post player that wants to play in the post. Most big guys don't want to do that. They want to be playing the post, but I think he's just young. And it, God. those games he missed hurt him in terms of making a run at the. Oh, well, Jaleel is his best postman in in college basketball, right. but. Yeah. He doesn't have the all-around game Frank had. Yeah, it just hadn't been on it, at it long enough. But they'll both be in the NBA next year. Frank's a senior, and Jaleel's a freshman, but Jaleel will be the first pick in the draft. So, <laughs> hey, and and Coach K has not said uh, it won't be the, the worst thing to happen to him. Coach K has a uh, an assistant coach yeah. on his USA basketball team whose program was in the news last few days. <laughs> Jim Beheim. <laughs> Doc, you have anything you want to share about Syracuse and their no. the hammer being dropped on them? I was really surprised. That they went after them? Like they did? No, yeah. That, not that they – I don't call it when they say they go after them. No. Oh, I see you the framework that you're talking about. Yeah. But, yeah, the fact that they dropped the hammer or gave them the framework they did, I was really surprised. Uh, major program. But after you hear, you hear the news that the NCAA all of a sudden says they want to go in this new direction, they're trying to tie things to the NCAA. I mean, to the uh, coach, which I'm not necessarily saying I have a problem with. I'm just surprised. I would like to also see them attach it to the athletic directors and the presidents, which they suppose they will. I'm not sure what, that that will actually be the case. Well, do you think it has? has but I'm of, actually surprised that they that they did that. Do you think it has more to do with the new uh, the add-on administrative staff that they brought in this last? Session, you know, like uh, Oliver Luck. Yeah, like Oliver Luck. Uh, only reason I'm saying that because before, I think that's a good question. Fair. I don't think it had as much because I think this was too far into the work going on. Uh-huh. I just think that they're reading the tea leaves out there. What most people think about the NCA and how they're not serious and how they overpunish the kids, uh, but really don't do anything with coaches or programs. I think this is an incident where they can say that, no, look, we're going in a different direction. Yes, we are going to put teeth behind it, and we're going to punish our coaches. And I think he just happened to be uh, the first coach that was in line. And you'll see the similar things happen in North Carolina, uh, next on the chopping block, preferably. Uh, But I think the NCAA is just losing a lot of battles on a lot of grounds, and this is one way that they can try to show they're putting teeth in it, that they're going to lose this one as well in terms of the field in some processes, and they're still going to lose it on some media grounds because it took so long for them to come up with the actual ruling. So even if people think it is the appropriate ruling, they're going to have some problems explaining why it took so long and and just comparing it to other cases. So, yeah, to be honest with you, I'm surprised. I don't feel one way or the other whether it was the right move. Uh, I can care less. I just look at the NCAA and its framework in the power schools, and it, it's going to be interesting from the framework that took away the wins, as well as the what is nine games, nine games, nine conference games, nine next, conference next games. Uh, that's a significant amount yes. of games, especially that's well, scholarships. The, that's half the season. Scholarships, three a year, which is a lot. Three a year. They usually hit you somewhat on scholarships, but even the maximum at that level is, is a great deal. So, I'm surprised. 
Wildcat. Yep. You brought this to my attention last week or 10 days ago or so. You said about the possibility of uh, this particular school being interested in this gentleman. And then last night it became apparent went public that uh, Missouri was going to hire Mac Rhodes away from U of H. Go ahead. I and another one of my U of H alums. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Are still popping bottles of celebration. That <laughs> the fact that he is no longer a part of University of Houston. I, I, uh, yeah, that's right. Because today is Monday, so yeah. So, You're right. Uh, it's figuratively speaking, of course. But he he and I are, are thrilled to no end. I contacted you two gentlemen, saying I was elated. Immediately, yeah. With the news, because Missouri had the press release today. Um, we can touch on a few things. He is a decent fundraiser. He is a he do, he's done a piss poor job hiring coaches here at U of H with any success. He had to have influence to get to hire Todd Whitting in baseball, to get to hire to hire Kelvin Sampson in basketball, and lastly to hire Tom Herman in football. Don't get it twisted and think that he had light bulbs on all three of those. And he's he chose them. He chose the three of them on his own. Yeah, and Missouri would be interesting to follow to see how much of that continues to be his roadmap. Because in terms of hiring coaches, I think he's in pretty good position. You might have to hire a basketball coach because they're struggling. So we'll get a chance to see that in football. Um, they're in good position. He doesn't have to worry. All he can do is mess that up. The fundraiser, I think, is big because Missouri is in a major position. And I'm surprised that he was able to put them in a framework that they believe that he can get that done. Because they well, have some need. That's for, how you got to have it here now. That's how you got to have it at year of eight. Right. So that's the name they got on. But as you're saying, other, I guess he can show that, hey, I got the new stadium. But we know another side of how that gets done. But it's going to be tied to him in terms of the framework. So I guess those are some things he were able to show when the new basketball component coming on line. But uh, Missouri is in one of the major things that they were looking at in the AD is somebody that can fundraise for facilities because they're woefully behind in terms of SEC. That was surprised that they were able to do some of the things they were able to do based on um, their athletic facility. Mm -hmm. And and that's a major thrust on what direction you want to go as a member of the SEC. Now, the the basketball coach has only been there two years because – Mike left and the new guy came in. Oh, I agree, but I'm just saying they're struggling quite a bit in basketball, so I don't know. And they should. He might, he might not have a long lifespan. You know, ADs love to bring in their own well, people, and they love he, to be able to hire different he people. Had, so I'm like, I'm like, if he can't show his way pretty shortly, uh, he may be in some trouble. Well, that may be an alumni hire and an alumni fire, because I'm like KG. <laughs> he has yet to show that he's capable of doing some things like that on his own. And until he shows that part of it. He won't have any choice to do it in Missouri. We'll find out if he can do it or not. You know, He's going to have to do that in Missouri. Like I say, that would be an alumni decision that would force his hand and in, in, in soon enough um, uh, time. But uh, two years is, just, is only in transition. And They've got, you know, in the SEC, 
until somebody figures out a way to either slow Kentucky recruiting battles down or at least get in the mix. It's going to be interesting what, how that conference that, you know, shapes out down the road. You just need to get in the mix. It's kind of like UConn. It looks like Kentucky's going to be able to do what they do. But Missouri, similar to Florida, you should be able to be a Sweet 16, lead 18 regular. To me, coming out of the SEC, Missouri being a, a basketball program, supposedly, if you will, in a basketball area, um, they're supposed to be able to do something in that area with the right coach. But Mac, Mac Rhodes does a great job of promoting himself oh, and sure. and doing, you can say to a point on the surface of leaving a job that he inherited better than it was before he got there. He left Akron to, go, to come to U of H, now going from U of H to Missouri. So you can say on the outside looking in, he's Elevate the ladder at each at each stop. Right, and actually, that could be very accurate that he's done that. It could be just in position in terms of your expectation that he hasn't reached your expectation. That doesn't mean that he hasn't left a program in better stead. It, it just doesn't mean that he didn't do as much as you would like to have seen him done, or what was expected for him to get done before he left. So I think both can be true, which is a good point that you're putting on the table. Comments, sir? You have a retort? No. Because it'll all resolve itself in the wash. When you put it in, in the washer, washing machine, it'll all get resolved. But you have so many things going for you in Missouri. Do you, do you think he can get it done there? He's, it's been at least, you know, what, five years at, 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 at his stops. That's like um, at least one recruiting class coming through. It'll be interesting because if he only stays five years in Missouri, I don't, that, that means he didn't do something wrong. Yeah, something wrong. And Which is a good point. Yeah, you're talking about five years, but I can see five it, years uh, as you're trying to move up. That's right, like a good coach and win the program. You take the next. It, you, you know, it was mentioned in, a, in one of the articles. You in the SEC. Speaking of saying that, you, you, you're in a uh, in a uh, Big Five Power situation. Uh, you're in a, a in a uh, in a uh, state where you are the state school. Right. You are the lead dog. You've got access to Kansas City and St. Louis. Yeah, major major hubs, um, particularly in the Midwest. If you get a big power game, non-conference, if you need to move your 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 state uh, uh, fan base, will move to you move That's with right. you either to St. Louis or to, or to Saint, uh, or to uh, Kansas City because they've done it before. Uh, for those games and all to, uh, uh, to make that, that fan base happy that you showed up in game at, at, at home, you know, in, in, at their hometown. Right. Uh, so the SEC is, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. It's a doggy dog. And if you can, if you can run the gambit, do, especially during, uh, football season and then make a run. He's playing in the East now um, in football, and that makes it a lot easier for you to get to where you to get to places where you want to go, especially bowl game wise. Um, a lot of things gonna change for him just because he he's at a place that's that's a lead dog and he is not the trail. So 
you know, he, he he's there now. Hopefully, it's not a spell. <laughs> it doesn't overwhelm him. And he's given time and all the because you're right, they do have facilities that need to be upgraded. And the basketball arena, from what I understand, has been there forever and a day. You know, it's one of those places that you look at, uh, uh, like uh, Cameron Indoor and uh, what's the place at, uh, at Kansas? Fog, Fog, Fog Fieldhouse? Yeah. It's been around quite a bit, of, uh, quite a length of time, and there's been no upgrade. It's interesting y'all say that. I pulled up an article at KansasCity.com. And one of the lines in the article about Mac Rhodes being the new AD in Missouri, Rhodes inherits a program that recently completed two significant renovations to Memorial Stadium and has one of the top basketball facilities, Mizzou Arena, in the SEC. Really? Well, I'm wrong then. That means that what they're expecting him to do then is making us uh, uh, the other – I guess the other places right, they the other, football. It's the other facilities that they you know they're, they're, they're Olympic sports more than anything. And I, I he had he didn't hire he didn't hire any Olympic sports uh, uh, coaches over at, over at U of H from what I understand. They were there when he got there. Am Except I correct? For baseball, but as you you alluded no, no, to, well, that, they that wasn't really his hire. Yeah, yeah, well, baseball, I guess, is it still Olympic sport? Yeah, yeah. Is it, anything that's, that's outside but, of uh, but, basketball mean, or football, am I right? They refer to it. Refer to it as, as okay. Olympic. Well, you know, it used like, to be like non-revenue sports. Non-revenue. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then people didn't like the term non-revenue. Yeah, that's so what it was. Okay. made it Olympic. So even though baseball hadn't been an Olympic I sport. You. I got you. Okay. <clears throat> but an article says discussions also have started about, about constructing a south end zone facility at Memorial Stadium with coaches' offices. Yeah, that's it. A new locker room, a weight room. Now he can get that done. For, for he can get that done quick. That's a lot cheaper to to do than pretty much anything else on camp. Because now what you're talking about is putting alumni and somebody's name on on stuff. He need he, he need to go get an indoor. He need to follow Arkansas, especially whether they got up there. He got to get an indoor baseball facility. Well, the headline of the article. <laughs> We're gonna find it out pretty new, quickly. New Missouri <laughs> AD Mac Rhodes, known for consensus building, comma. Fundraising. There are quotes throughout this article. Quotes throughout the article touting his ability to raise funds. Throughout this article. And you got that look on your no, face. No, no, that's, you got that, that's you got what it. he is. It didn't say squat about him being successful in hiring coaches. And that means it could be taken out of his hand. But when it comes to raising funds, he that's t- what he can do. That's why they got him there. That's what they need to get done. Now, when you grade yourself on the next level, it's what Dave Maggard and CDC have done. Able to raise funds and hire coaches. But I but <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot easier for them to hire coaches in Missouri than U of H. I think you have to be really good at what you do to hire a good coach at a program that is ascending. You have to really understand coaches that can work in that environment versus coaches that they're given a lot. Can they still be successful? I think those are two totally different different frameworks. So he may even be able to hire decent coaches in Missouri based on the fact that he's going to be able to promise them a little bit of everything. You can play in SEC as they were arguing back. In football, the best conference. Even in basketball, you can say, hey, you get to line up against 
Kentucky. Baseball, arguably the best conference in the country. ACC made argue about that. Um, Big Ten, Pac-12. Honestly, a bit. If, done. if he fails at Missouri, something is really wrong. Yeah. Okay. Because it's a power five Thank school. You. Not- you got a lot of support from the fan base. You got money. If 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 Missouri goes backward under his watch, something is really wrong. What's their football uh, attendance averaging since they gone, since they oh. moved over to the SEC? I have to look it up. I mean, what what three years? You can look it up real quick. But their basketball coach Kim Anderson on the men's side. His first year there, so we'll see. I mean, been here, being there a year, it's doubtful Mack will run off a coach after one year. He doesn't know, you know, want to bring in his own people, things like that. But there will be some some staff, U of A staff, who will probably go with him up to Missouri. And some of them, I won't miss y'all either. So... <laughs> And, and I'm not loading that, wow. that either. So I'm not gonna make Whoa. Sure. So. Okay. But uh yeah, that's how I feel. And I put on Facebook, that's my things that I if I said it on pu- in public air, I get in trouble for. I'm not gonna say any of that stuff. But yeah. yeah. I ain't gonna miss him. I just put it like that. And I'm not alone in that sentiment, trust me. Yeah. With that said, I did see the I hate to do this to you. I saw the thirty for thirty about Jimmy, I don't know. Yeah, that will. My eyes will never see that in, in life. <laughs> Doc, what, what, what you I, take, Doc. reason I love it because they talk about that <laughs> what five slamming jam and just how good they were, and I was like, they, they really were talented. Yeah, that. You know, I, I will never watch that. The <laughs> most, the most <laughs> I ever see of that is the <laughs> clip that comes across the TV. I'm listening, screen. Doc. I'm listening. I'm listening. Trust me, I'm listening. And <laughs> they part on there with the North Carolina State player uh, was saying. We looked at the tape. It players were good. But there was one guy. One guy. Saying Lajuan. We looked at him. He said, That guy's a problem. Was he a real problem or just a problem? <laughs> he said, No, he said, That guy was a problem. <laughs> they were telling. Anyway, Doc. They were telling. That was a beautiful team. And then you look back at it. I'm looking forward to NBA. this week's, this Sunday, 30 for 30. I hate Christian Leitner. Looking forward to that. <laughs> that's going to be not, you talking about interesting. Because, that's going to be interesting. Because that's a lot. I of love Duke. I'm not ashamed to say it. I love Duke, love Duke since uh, Donnie Dawkins and Jay Billis were playing there back in the mid 80s. So I'll go back a long way. I love Duke. Now, I love I don't go back that far. Christian Leitner. I remember and Grant Hill and Bobby Hurley and just liking Thomas Duke Hill, all those fellas. When they matched up against UNLV, they were going from the undefeated season. And I just like Duke. It hasn't been in recently that I've gotten a great appreciation for Duke. But I must admit, originally, I was not a fan. I'm not one to say I hate or like or love, but I was one that uh, really just liked uh, Duke. At that time, had some affinity for some of the players. I thought they had some very good talent, played hard. Obviously, could respect that. And then, obviously, the second framework when I started following Michigan, I just liked the framework of five freshmen playing. I hate um, that loss, and obviously, they're a much talented team. 
Fat Five because they had them after that series. So I watched part of the other game, which is always intriguing when you look at it <clears throat> in terms of what's going on. But when you look at uh, those teams that were coming out uh, during the early 70s and 80s during those tournament runs, it's just amazing how much talent was in college that were playing as juniors and seniors uh, most of the time, which is quite a bit different. And I guess memories always can do that for you in terms of your framework. Who are you, sir? I'm Dr. Kenyatta Caville, professor at Texas Southern University, also a sports analyst, particularly for HBCU Sports, but sports in general as well. How can folks find you? They can find me on the social media platforms or Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Dr. Kenyatta Caville, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can also find a taping of an Inside HBCU Sports Lab, a radio show I do weekly every Tuesday from 7 to 8 Central Time on KCOH Radio 1230. That is www.kcohradio.com every Tuesday from 7 to 8 if you want to listen to it live. I have a special broadcast um, that we're really looking forward to. We should have five coaches on air tomorrow on the men's side. Five from the SWAC, five from the SWAC, and one from the MEAC. And so we're going to give them about five, six minutes of airtime and see if we can really get them done, get them in and out of there. Uh, but we think that's a special privilege to be able to get that many Division One coaches from HBCUs on a radio show an hour. I'm glad you brought that up. Excuse me. Yeah, go ahead. We had, we haven't even done this. We talked about so much about the uh, the brawl and the suspension and everything. We were asked via Twitter to preview the SWAC tournament. Yeah, that's that's and we, and we, have, and we have done that. Well, we don't know what especially right now. Well, we, women's side we, is we, wide open now. We, so we previewed it. We previewed it on the women's side, and we pretty much said that it's going to be open. Based what's going out, just found a Twitter that some people are suggesting that with the seven su- suspensions that Southern still has six eligible. They're looking at the roster of thirteen. As I said earlier, when you look at the roster that they brought down here. To Texas Southern, they only had 11 on the roster. So, again, it'll be interesting to see how much is that accurate. But let's get into the positive side with the men in regards to that. It should be a very intriguing tournament. Uh, you have four teams that I say you really need to look out for that are talented, can beat each other, have beat each other in some framework, uh, played up. Those four teams have mostly played up. Prairie View, they went on a, a seven-game win streak, lost one to Southern, a close one where they were up 15 at home. Bounce back and went. It's all corner sitting in the fourth seed. Um, they would play, if they're able to get out of that 4-5 matchup, they would play Texas Southern if Southern is able to win their quarterfinal game in the semifinal. So you can get a Texas matchup in the semifinal. That'd be, that'd be Friday. Um, Texas Southern has a bye in regards into the quarterfinals from the framework um, that they play the winner of the 8-9 matchup, uh, which is a uh, Grambling matchup. And so it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that with A&M. Um, and they match up very well. They got bigs back. I think that's going to be the difference makers when you look at Texas Southern. We talked about Madarius Gibbs was the player of the year. You know, he's going to be able to play the team. He's getting more com- comfortable. He's playing with a lot of senior leadership. And then you put bigs in there that allows them to do a little more on the defensive side. They also allow to get bigs a break. It puts Chris back into his normal position. Before, where he likes to fly a little more, he's coming off his injury. He Chris Thomas. Like, mm-hmm. Chris Thomas, thank you. He looks like he's more 
healthy. So I think going in there, you really have to look strong with Chris Thomas. The other two teams would be interesting to see from a mindset how they're going to come in, which Alabama State and Southern. Both of them are not eligible to go actually into the NCAA tournament in terms of APR, similar to what we talked about the issue with um, Southern on the women's side in regards to them having a ban. One of the bans that Alabama State has is not being able to go to the NCAA. Uh, so Alabama State is sitting at the two spot, Southern at the three spot, or in the lower half of the bracket. I would definitely think that those two would move in and play for a semifinal again unless they're not ready to play. Um, but I would be um, – I would think those coaches are going to finally get in them ready to play. And so it'll be interesting tomorrow to see what goes on there. Yeah, wow. I'm reading um article on The Advocate, and uh, writer Les East has in his article that uh, though Southern has seven players suspended, it leaves them six Jaguars eligible to participate in their quarterfinal game. So if that's the case, and they will still participate in the SWAC tournament. Yeah, I think you, you got to be careful again with that. I think he's reading uh, the roster that's on the Southern website, which does list 13 players. That's one of the first things I looked at. But something told me to go back and look at the roster that least played because when they went to uh, when they when went they to, came here came here Saturday. came here came here Saturday. Well, how many did they have when they went they to Prairie View uh, Thursday? They had because uh, that was a, a, a Cause that was a full, that was the last full game that, that that they played. Yeah, that's the roster you need. That's the roster you need to check. We're gonna look at that up real quick. Because the one they played here in regards to Saturday had only eleven on the roster. But are you you talking about the box score? Yes. Yeah, uh, and 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 the actual roster that the actual game roster for. Uh, uh, for Thursday, for the game against Preview was the last full game that they had. I'm, I'm at the, uh, I got it coming up. They had, Southern had in their box score, in their 78-50 butt whooping <laughs> of, uh, Prairie View. They got 12. It means 12 players travel. So that means that one, somebody didn't travel out of that out of the group. If you had if you had twelve in, at, on the roster on the game roster, and you got thirteen on the on the website, somebody didn't travel. Yeah, and then you got eleven um, for the game on Saturday against TSU. Interesting. We'll we'll find out more tomorrow at six o'clock. Something will be be going on. Because because now well, yeah, Slackcast announced redo their bracket because quarterfinal game Tuesday initially was supposed to be an eight an eight nine matchup. You may not have them. So will uh, well the thing is what will the winner of that eight nine matchup who will they play? Hit? Who will they play? Because they would initially would have was scheduled to play the number one seed Texas Southern, and obviously they're not. Just paying it in. Yeah, because if they don't change, that means a team that was in the opening round game will actually move all the way to the semifinals. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right, by the way, let me check something else to to, to see. Uh, And I'm just being 
I'm being mean and nosy now. And the eight nine matchup is Alabama A and M versus Mississippi Valley. I'll be there probably assuming the game is still going uh, on second half. Here's the update literally off the wire. Southern A D William Richard declines comment on SWAC ruling other to other than to say that the Jaguars are appealing the sanction. How are you gonna appeal suspension if they <laughs> if they buy three punches? I, I don't know what because Brashard appeals everything. This is the same guy. Because you the swag, man. This is not Oakland that on the swag. Don't play on the swag. Southern. This is the Southern. This is the same AD that said that they are looking uh, to to get a appealing that appeal. Excuse me, that was given for their APR in terms of definite indefinite suspension that they were looking for a new audience. Whatever the new audience is, well, I can tell you. But. I'm, I'm gonna say something. He's always looking to something has got to be done before one o'clock tomorrow, because if the game is scheduled for six, you're looking at a building that once they get done with the basketball clinic uh, in the morning, but by the time the basketball clinic is over at twelve o'clock, you better have made a decision because now you got a facility that they already made a decision. If it, but. It, if you got got somebody from from one of those slots that's moving all the way to to the across the board, they've already made a decision. They just haven't told us yet. They just oh, okay. Like I said, they got until one o'clock tomorrow because that building they, to let you know that building that, that building. Somebody that knows me, the people that know me, know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna just let that go. Now we we've had a couple of those. People get tired of those. Hey, it's, it's, this is a sweat. All right. Uh, now nah, I'll accept that. <laughs> now nah, I'll accept that. As long as, long as it's owned up. But, yeah, the website has not been updated yet. The bracket has not been updated at the SWAC, SWACHOOPS.org, what they're going to do. So we'll see if the uh, 8-9 winner will go straight to the semifinals. We'll see what they decide to do. That means you don't have to I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna even try. But you know, keep in mind, if if Southern has a team and Southern is able to win in advance and win the the conference tournament, they cannot go to the NCAA tournament. So basically, all somebody has to do is just get to the final, get championship game against Southern. Yeah, the last way they last year what they put out, which I'm assuming since they hadn't said anything, is the same framework. Is whoever goes the furthest gets is eligible. Okay. Is the team that would go actually to the NCAA tournament, and if the two teams that go the furthest or tie lose at the same rate, then you go to head to head between those two teams to find out who makes it to the tournament. Oh, once again, year two at home here in Houston. Man, I'm watching the media. <laughs> oh, 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 I may end up doing that myself. Wildcat, how can folks find you? You can find me online at, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Facebook and Twitter at JL Woodley1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr. You can find me on SoundCloud, Blogger, YouTube. AKSV VCSR, the College Sports Report. And by the way, uh, 
my vid, uh, my uh, post-game interviews with uh, Iowa State and the, the Saturday morning game between Iowa State and my goodness, I'm trying to trying to get it figured out here. Uh, it's killing me here. Oh, it was Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Good game, very good game. Um, Coach Finale, he he was happy. You know, it's, they 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 finished, got things done, but he wasn't happy the way they played defense and the way they got into a an offensive stagnation. Um, no patience. Shot up a lot of threes, stayed with it, but that's that's who Iowa State's defense uh, offense is. And Oklahoma State, they just get after your pressure, your guards. You know, ninety-four feet, they get into you, and they just do it. It's, that's how they that's how they won this year. So, uh, the Big Twelve, how many games? I mean, how many teams? One. That the, is worth a damn. What you care about the, uh, the other four? Yeah, I refuse to talk about it. You want, besides Baylor? Nobody else? All right. RP, RPI said they're the best, Big 12's best conference in basketball, wins basketball. Um, based on what? I don't know. Cause so they're one bid just like not, No, no, they'll get five teams in. Come That's on, a, man. You know what I'm saying? They get, they'll get five teams well, in, they, but they, one they, is worth a damn, you know, this year. Let's say that then. I did say that. I said <laughs> that's what I said. You know, you did him and high. There was no him and horn. I said one was worth a damn. I said five would hit in. One is worth okay, a damn. Then. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. That's that's, that's what all I, I want to know. That's all I want to know. You know. We can go into our 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 colleagues. No, I'm not saying they. You know, everybody is, is capable of Charlie Cream and all that. I think I believe Charlie has uh, five getting in from the Big Twelve. I don't see that many. I see four, but I don't see five. Let me check and see. Well, who who are your four? My four would be Baylor, um, Oklahoma State. Well, actually, the four teams from yesterday: um, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Oklahoma. That four. Let's see. Charlie has say that again. The four from yesterday's semifinals: Baylor, Oklahoma. Uh, OSU, Texas, and Oklahoma. Okay, so you don't have Iowa State? No, sir. Okay. He has Iowa State along with the four you, you mentioned. And, you know, and the, the seeds, besides Baylor, at a two. Oklahoma State's a 10. Iowa State is a 12. Oklahoma's a six, which says a lot. Of four, and, folks, okay. I saw him up close. Um, this wasn't their year. You know, like I said, and to, for them to be a six, it could be a, you know seven for for a procedural bump. But anyway, and no, I don't give TCU uh, and somebody that's listening has asked me about them. No, I don't give TCU a shot. They had to do, they had to win more, get farther in the conference tournament than what they did. So, um, we'll see. Selection Monday is is next Monday. Yep. ESPN. Sure we'll find out who will be uh, fodder. <laughs> for uh, UConn for, and everybody for, else for what I call the Larry Bird situation them who's playing for everybody second? else who's playing for second that's what go. it is who's playing for second who's gonna who's gonna take that chance now and roll up in here and it's a shame Charlie Cream has already updated the, his bracket because uh, before the suspension and TSU not being in you know the tournament the SWAC tournament oh no he, he still hasn't down here so he hasn't changed his bracket yet 
But uh, that means he did it earlier today. Then it was. Let me see the time. It was updated early this morning. Yeah, it was two, two one thirty this morning our time. Yeah. So tomorrow TSU will be off, out of it. He had TSU playing South Carolina in the one sixteen matchup rather than UConn. So that means TSU was not the worst sixteen seed. There you go. But hey. Water under the bridge now, so it doesn't matter. Somebody be rolling up in the stores and all and just get rolled up. Since Connecticut, so they don't have to travel far to get their behind kicked, so that's good. Good for them. Anyway, I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. Website www.houstonroundballreview.com. Also www.thehrr.com. We have our KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc Facebook page. You can check us out there. Podcasts available on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Houston Round Bar Reviews on Instagram as well as YouTube. Heck, we haven't even talked about the Rockets. That's how, how uh, action-packed oh, this I, podcast I will is. actually give who I'm looking at, who I would vote if I had a voting uh, right to. And I'm going to stay with this until they fall out of the, until the bottom falls out. I'm going west with Russell Westbrook. For the last month, he's he's made your prediction look good, but that's a month. Yeah, not a whole season. Right. I'm sticking with James Harden. The media, Nas Media is going with with Steph Curry, and that's fine. He's probably winning, but James Harden has done more with less than Steph Curry's had to do. That's my opinion on that. No question. Well, Russell Westbrook's right. averaged a triple double for a month. That's awesome. And he's getting it. He's and tearing them on their back. And they're still in, still in AC. Yeah. So I'm not. So whatever. Yeah. So uh, you can that you're, that's do you. Your, your your opinion is gaining some traction from people now, based on Russell's putting up just spectacular numbers in these last few weeks, but they're still in AC. Yeah, that that that's the framework that I got there. Okay, who's winning the swag tournament on the men's side? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Chalk Texas Southern University. Yep, that's what I saw Saturday. Yeah, that's a sweep. I'll go with that. So we're gonna wrap it up like Guard that. Play. No question about it. God yeah, play, God play, God play, and the fact that that and I'm gonna go with North Carolina Central out of the meet. Okay, I'll be watching. I'm gonna look at chalk too. Then okay, sounds good. All right, we'll not sure we're gonna have our next podcast. Like I said, we have selection Monday uh, next week, and I want to be in front of the screen watching all the picks go announced. Right, so we'll see how that comes out. See if our our scale still works. So you know. Yeah. See how it all plays out. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to the three of us doing a podcast from Tampa in the Final Four. Yes. So uh, listeners, absolutely, be prepared for that. Look forward to that. Then April, gentlemen, thank you once again for your time and your knowledge and your insight. And wrap it up, as I always do. In conclusion, yep. Be true. Yes. Be cool. Uh huh. And do more. All righty.